I'm not shocked to see him playing well in a quarterback friendly offense where yeah you know he he has weapons around him he's playing well yeah true but he he's also banged up right now hello and welcome back to the second and two podcast i'm your host tb i got my co-host producer extraordinaire hat connoisseur master of the grills uh also apparently connoisseur of new glasses because he gets like new frames every other week (laughs) um unbelievable editor of audio at top speed (laughs) I uh, just want to give him a shout out because last week he got the pod out same day, same day as recording. That's tough to do, and my guy got it done. Uh, so long intro, Jody. What's up, Joe? Yes, sir. Nothing, bro. I, I, so the glasses I put on the hole when I was in college, I was buying probably a new pairs. Honestly, every every two weeks to like a month, just because I had nothing to spend money on, and I was tired of wearing the same glasses. So. So, uh, but these ones, backtracking the whole reason I'm saying this, these ones I've had for a minute, I just probably haven't worn them in a while on here. I feel like I used to rock these all the time. So, uh, yeah, you got to switch it up. I almost threw on my sunglasses just to to go with the times of me today, but we're here. <laughs> it was, it was a, a foggy day, if you ask me. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Long, long uh, day. Well... Um, we had like a super rainy day here, so, you know, different, uh, different climates, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah. so we got to dive in NFL news. We're getting later in the season. We just finished up week 13. We're going into week 14. We'll talk both about, you know, today about what happened this past week and then, um, what we're thinking coming up in future weeks, especially week 14. But, uh. We got to look at the uh, the playoff standings update after this weekend. Week 13 was another weekend full of upsets, a lot of underdogs yeah. covering, even if they didn't win, covering spreads. You know, um, one of our favorite new segments this year, standing on business. It was a tough award to give out this week because not a whole lot of people were standing on business, if you know what I'm saying. So um, a lot of underdogs, a lot of upsets. Um, it was a huge week for the playoff standings, a lot of, lot of movement yeah, in the, uh, in the standings. Sure. I was gonna say we we I was thinking about it. I should have told you earlier, but we could have done a, a the flip side of standing on business, you know, playing spoiler or something, spoiled milk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we reference uh, CD Lamb and you know when the underdogs win, they're standing on their p's and q's. There you go. Because <laughs> um, there was a lot for sure. So if you look at the standings right now. In the AFC, the Ravens, they got a huge overtime win over the Rams. Yeah. Painful game for yours truly to watch because it felt like the Rams were in control for a good chunk of it. Kind of yeah. kind of let some stuff slip away towards the end. Mistakes um that allowed the Ravens, you know, to get it to overtime and uh and really, you know, the Ravens to took the lead and the Rams had to come back and get it to overtime, but it felt like the Rams definitely left some points on the board during that game, messed some stuff up. Um, they dropped an interception. Especially with the the safety, like they could have capitalized on that earlier too, you know. Yeah, they they, they definitely had um some some miscues, some some errors for sure. And so he goes to overtime. 
um, you know, the Ravens get the ball first, you get the three and out, and you're feeling like, okay, the Rams get the ball back, coming off the big drive to tie the game, going to make it go to overtime, yeah. and all you need is a field goal to win. And instead, you know, they they don't they don't they go three and out as well, and then the Ravens won on the punt return. So mm-hmm. big win for the Ravens, tough loss for the Rams, especially considering if you're you know looking at the Rams schedule moving forward, yeah, they've they got some winnable that. games. So it felt like that might have been one of their tougher games remaining. And if you can win it and you've won four yeah. in a row with, you know, three variable winnable games in front of you before you have to go on the road at San Francisco in, in week 18, um, felt like that was a just a, there's a tough loss. Not absolutely killing in terms of their playoff chances, but certainly did not help. Yeah, um, definitely but hurt. Focusing on the Ravens, they're 10 and 3 now, and they're the one seed. And now for the first time, in about five or six weeks that you know we've uh, we've been looking at these standings, there's someone in sole possession of the AFC's one seed. It's starting to clear out a little yeah. bit. The Ravens look like the team in the driver's seat at ten and three. If they just handle business down the stretch, they should be the one seed. Sitting at the two seed, you've got the Dolphins. They did, however, lose this week to the Titans on yeah. Monday Night Football, but yeah. they're the two seed at nine and four. Um, because both the Chiefs and the Jaguars took losses this week, and they both sit at eight and five. Chiefs hold the tiebreaker over the Jags, so they're the three seed. Jags are the four seed. Um, for a while there, we thought these four teams. You know, I, at one point, I believe these four teams were all eight and three. Yeah, and and you fact. didn't know kind of where this thing was going, and now we're starting to get some separation with uh, with four games to go. You know the the Browns eight and five, the Steelers seven and six, the Colts seven and six would be your other three wild card teams right now. However, we have an absolute log jam at seven and six <laughs> in the AFC right now. There are two, four, six teams that all have a seven and six record. Those other four being the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills, which they are written read in the order of their current standings right now, based on all the tiebreakers and all the math. So. At this point, it feels like any number of teams. There are truly 11 teams in the AFC that can make the playoffs. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I, it's tough because (laughs) a lot of these teams are playing with backup quarterbacks. You look up and you're like, okay, the Ravens are the healthiest team in, in the AFC. That's probably why they're the one seed, despite losing Mark Andrews and Kyle Hamilton went out during the Rams game. Um, and it's saying something is that like they're probably the healthiest team right now. You go down the line, the Dolphins. We don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill now. Yeah, that's right? tough, bro. They did not they look were... the same without him. Exactly, and and you've already lost, um, you know, HN for chunks of the season at running back. And yeah, that's been tough. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs have lost more guys on defense. However, their problem has been offensively. Um, yeah, they, they cannot can score. They can't get things going. No, they don't look like a normal Chiefs offense. And we had similar conversations about them last year. You know, without Tyree Kill, what does that offense look like? Guys came through in the playoffs. So yeah, I guess Juju if you're a Chiefs fan. was definitely a help. If you look at what they're doing now, tough. Can't catch I a mean, ball. Land, lining up offsides. All sorts of things. Kadarius Tony is, I mean, if you watched him at Florida, He's he's a talent, no doubt. Yeah, but he makes a lot 
of mental mistakes and it makes it really hard to trust that guy. Like it seems like he has a drop here, you know, a missed route here, you know, lines up offsides there. I mean, it's, it's really tough to trust that he's going to do the right thing. Play to play. I mean, and this is to me, this feels like high school football where you've got like the uber talented kid that you're trying to just get to know the playbook yeah. And the kid just won't learn <laughs> the plays, and on you're the like, field. and you're yeah, you're like, oh, we this kid's really like athletically gifted. If we could just get him, it's like this is the NFL, man. If Kadarius Tony can't get this stuff right, like you, yeah. you figure someone's gonna like they're gonna move on. He's running out of time. Yeah, the I problem mean, that's what is the Giants did. They said <laughs> no, hey, I, you could get out yeah. of here, bro. It makes sense, and they, but the problem for the Chiefs is they don't have guys yeah, don't stepping have up at receiver. So clearly they're still kind of relying on him when I don't, I, it's tough. It's tough. You know, obviously with the Jags, Trevor Lawrence is banged up right now. Yeah. Um, You look at the Browns, the Browns have lost, like, it feels like all of their starters. They've lost <laughs> three different tackles this year. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, they just lost to Juan Jones, who wasn't even their, you know, he was a draft pick for them, but he wasn't their original yeah. starting tackle. They had already lost their two original starting tackles to start the year. Now they've lost to Juan Jones, too. They've lost to Sean Watson. They lose Grant Delpit. They, Nick they've Chubb. just been they've lost Nick Chubb way earlier in the year. They have been super beat up, and yet that team is still finding ways to win. Credit to you know their their Yeah, I mean, yeah, to Joe Flacco for <laughs> sure, stepping in and playing the way he's playing. <laughs> but also credit to Jim Schwartz for managing the injuries on defense um, and, and credit to their head coach for managing the injuries on offense. I, it's, it's a testament to a team when you can lose that many crucial players and still be where they are in the playoff race right now. Yeah. Um, you look at the Steelers, can he pick it? When will they get him back? It feels like weeks away. You look at the Colts, they lost Anthony Richardson. It's been the Gardner Minshew show. Yeah, true. The Texans, they lose Tank Dell. DJ Stroud's now on concussion protocol. Dalton yep. Schultz has been hurt. Nico Collins Nick is Collins out. Nico just got hurt too, yeah. I mean, golly. And then you look at the Broncos. The Broncos are actually pretty healthy compared to all these teams <laughs> I just said. You know, which which I think we'll probably bring up here in, in a future segment. But yeah. um, you look at all these teams and they're, they're all just – the Bengals, they're losing Joe Burrow. The the Bills. Hey, Jake um, Browning's looking nice though. Jake Browning's been playing well. He, I told you he was very productive at Washington, man. He really was, and I I'm not shocked to see him playing well in a quarterback friendly offense where yeah you know he he has weapons around him. He's playing well, yeah, true. But he he's also banged up right now, um, coming off that game, and so I think the expectation is he'll start. But I believe he had to sit out of practice today. Um, oh, really? Dang. Yeah. And then you look at the Bills, and they've lost. You know, a bunch, you know, Matt Milano and Tredavious White. and like, So they're really banged up too. So at the end of the day, you look at the AFC and it is a war of attrition. Like last team standing is probably going to be the team that maintains whatever level of health they have right now through the end of the season because all these teams are hurt. They're all missing critical players. None of them are at full strength. And quite frankly, none of them feel like they're playing their best football yet. Um Maybe the Ravens, but even the Ravens looked vulnerable the way the Rams played against them this weekend. That is true. You know, you could argue the Bills had a had a big win, 
against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. So you could maybe say they're playing some of their better football of the year. But for the most part, this is a toss-up. Absolute toss-up in the AFC. I couldn't tell you who I like or who's even going to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, all those seven and six teams, I mean, someone's got to make it. You know, that's how we feel with, like, <laughs> whoever, whoever's uh Hashtag analysis. In the, <laughs> in the NFC, no, like the NFC South where they're all this yeah. team record. They're, one of them is going to win the division, and they also have a shot to take the last spot. It, it's not a big one, but they have a shot. And it's just like, I don't know. Whoever comes out there is either going to be a spoiler in the playoffs, or it's going to just be like, oh, they made it. That's the team. Let me go over there. Or let them come here, and we'll we'll smoke them, and then we'll be on to the next one. And so it's just like, it'll be tough. But if the I, I could see the Browns being one of the teams that's solidified in the wild card, honestly. Dealers, I still don't feel good about them. Colts, same situation. A little bit iffy, but Garden Minshew has pulled out some good wins. And then all those all those teams in the hunt are the ones that like the Bills, I would say, the Bengals. I didn't know Jake Browning was hurt till now, so that's tough. But like Bills and Broncos, good defenses. Bills could definitely score better than the Broncos, but the Broncos have production. And Texans without CJ Stroud right now. I don't know how that's gonna play out. Yeah, I mean, I was hopping on that Houston train a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But with all the guys getting hurt kind of feels like they're being derailed right now. And if CJ has to miss another week and they drop another game and now they're seven and seven, I think that makes their path a lot harder. Um, So what I would say is this, I think the Browns, you have to give them an upper hand because they have the one game on everybody else. They have some tiebreakers, but I also really think that the other two teams playing the best football, you know, based on what we've seen the past few weeks, I would argue the Broncos and the Bills. Yeah. Um, I would I would say those are the three teams, and this changes every week when we talk about this because a, co- a few weeks ago, I thought it was, was the Steelers the and out. the Texans and and yeah. the Browns, and then it was like, and we were counting the Bills out, yeah, yeah, and then it was well the Bengals are out because they don't have their quarterback, and it's felt like the Colts with Gardner Minshew <laughs> have been kind of a fun story the whole time, but I don't know that yeah. I've taken them seriously as a playoff team, but today they would be in. So you kind of look around, I don't know. I mean, it changes week to week. Right now, I'd take the three teams to start with B, the Browns, the Broncos, and the Bills. <laughs> Those would be the three I would I would say you, you would look at Big going into the brain, playoffs. Huh? Yeah, I mean, the Bengals get left <laughs> out there, you know, unfortunately. But um, those would be the three I would take today, and we'll see. Yeah. Um, when you flip it over to the NFC, though, you know, you've got three teams at the top, very clear three. It's the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Those are the three best teams. Now, what's interesting is the 49ers now hold blowout victories over both the Cowboys and the Eagles. And because the Cowboys were able to handily beat the Eagles on Sunday Night Football last week, the 49ers are now the the number one seed in the NFC at 10 and 3. Um, They had that. The Cowboys, too, they took that second spot. Yeah. And And the Niners, you know. They had that weird three-game stretch. They lost to the Browns and the Vikings and yeah. I believe it was the Bengals. Not their dudes, though. Yeah. And, Debo uh, hurt. Trent Williams hurt. Now they're healthy. They, and they did have guys hurt. They're healthy, and they look 
I mean, when healthy, they like look like the best train, team. Bro. They, just they look like the best team in the NFL. They look yeah. like the best team in, in the league right now when they're healthy like this. Now, the question with them is always, will they stay healthy? And we don't know. True. Um, as you mentioned, the Cowboys, they're in that two spot at 10 and three. The Lions are at nine and four, coming off a tough loss to the Bears on the road. Um, yeah. The Bucks, an impressive road win in Atlanta. They're six and seven. They take over the fourth seed this week. Two weeks ago, it was the Saints. Last week is the Falcons. <laughs> this week is the Bucks. Who knows who's winning that division? Like you said earlier, someone's got to win it. So we'll find out. Um, the Eagles now have the five seed at ten and three. Interesting note, though, if both the Eagles and Cowboys were to win out the way the schedules are set right now, the Cowboys, the Eagles still control the ability to win the division. So because Dang. the Cowboys, the Cowboys and Eagles split. Yeah. Um, I believe it goes to divisional record is the next tiebreaker. Okay. And I think they're and and after that it's the conference record. And for whatever okay. reason, the way the games play out moving forward, if the Eagles were to win out and the Cowboys were to win out, technically the tiebreaker would actually flip to the Eagles. Right now it's the Cowboys, but if they both yeah. went out, it would actually flip back over crazy. to the Eagles. Yeah. So if they both went out and they were both go, to go fourteen and three, you'd have the Eagles as the two seed or one seed and you have the Cowboys as the five seed. So even though the Eagles are the five seed today, they still control their own destiny. That yeah. could change. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens with those two teams. The Cowboys have a tough matchup this week with the Bills. I'm sure Eagles fans are rooting for a uh, Cowboys <laughs> loss there. But um, the Vikings, they win a weird game over the Raiders, 3-0. to zero. Yeah, Probably crazy. the most boring game of the weekend. Yeah, um, They're 7-6. Like and six. Yeah. And then... Very similar to the AFC and the NFC, you have a log jam. It's just that six and seven. The Packers, yeah. six and seven. The Rams, six and seven. The Seahawks, six and seven. The Falcons, six and seven. And the Saints are six and seven. So, again, 11 teams, very much so alive. Now, in the AFC, there's a clear cutoff. There's no six and seven. It goes to five and eight. And the yeah. NFC, there are a couple five and eight teams, the Bears and the Giants, who have made some late pushes here. Theoretically yeah. alive, they're only two games or uh, a game back from all these other teams, so they're they're there as well. Worth mentioning, but I mean, again, I think we know the division winners at least for three of the divisions, right? The Cowboys, or well, we know the Eagles or the Cowboys will win the division. The other team will get the five seed. Yeah. The 49ers will win the division. The Lions will win the division. Beyond that. We, I mean, who knows what these other playoff teams will be? I mean, you look at the the Vikings; they're seven and six, right? They have a little bit of a leg up on everybody else in that wild card yeah. race. They're having to turn to Nick Mullins as their starting quarterback <laughs> this week because the Pastronaut it looked terrible for two weeks in a row. Yeah, right. So they're moving away from your guy Dobbs. Sorry, man. I know Dobbs is your oh. boy, but it's Nick Mullins' time now. Was Who's that a reference to the hat? <laughs> Brucey's time to shine. No, I it could be a reference to the hat. Would you like it to be? Oh no, I just I don't know. I thought I thought that's why you paused for a second. I was like, oh, maybe he's talking about the hat. I don't know. But no, I actually bought it in this colorway because of the Lakers. If I'm being honest. Oh, fair, 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 fair. I like that. Way to go. <laughs> um. So you look at that. You're like, okay, the Vikings. I guess, but like their starting quarterback this week is out of control. It it feels like, and they've got to play the Lions two more times. 
Didn't they got to play Jefferson the Packers one more time? I don't, I don't know how that worked out. I don't. I mean, the Vikings. The Vikings' remaining schedule. They play the Bengals this week, they who look good Bears with Jake twice, Brown. I think. Huh? I said I think they play the Bears twice too. I'm not. Positive. No, the Vikings have. They have the the uh, um, Bengals this week. They get the Lions, the Packers, then the Lions again. Oh, That's Lions. their final four. So they um, they potentially could lose out. Yeah, I mean those are all four like kind of top like right. I mean if you think the Lions are the team that they are, and they're gonna figure their stuff out, you think it's at least one loss to the Lions, if not two. And yeah, then the Packers, that's gonna be a huge game. And the the Vikings were able to beat them the first time. Um, in Lambeau, right? So you know the Packers are going to want that one, and then you know this week they have to go. Uh, they have to go to Cincinnati, who's playing really well, and they're also in a playoff race. So yeah. they're playing four teams that are all in the thick of the playoff race, and they're starting their third string quarterback. So <laughs> I, I don't know that I can uh, count on the Vikings. Um, the Packers were red hot, beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, and then come around and they mess around and lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football. Yeah. So I don't know what the make of the Packers. Jordan DeVito. Love was was really good. Yeah, but then DeVito was better. <laughs> um Jeff's hand or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, good. if you're you're looking at this, Joe, I mean I, I think the two teams I would take would probably be the Packers and the Rams. The Seahawks, they're spiraling. We talked about that yeah. a couple weeks ago. They play the Eagles this week. Doesn't feel like that's going to get – they've lost three in a row, and now they're playing the Eagles. Or no, I'm sorry, four in a row. And now they're playing the Eagles, who just come off (laughs) – who came off back-to-back losses and really need this game. So Seattle has to play their best game of the year to beat Philly. Yeah. No, and the Packers, their schedule is pretty favorable too. They got the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears going forward. Like, yeah, they got – the Bucks being one of the teams possibly making the playoffs, and then uh, Vikings, as we mentioned as well, and then the Bears being in the hunt right now, a little bit outside of them. But I mean, the Panthers that should be at least a win. I don't know how easy of a win, but it should be a win. Bucks is a toss up. They 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 win one week and then they get blown out the next, and it's like who knows what they're doing often. Bears they they could score now, but it's also just like. They they beat them that first time they played them. So, you know, I don't – preparation comes down to it. They play them every year, so they should have some good insight. And outside of that, though, I think at least two they, – they could split those easy in my eyes, maybe even go three and one. But that's that's how I'd pull for I, the Packers. I mean, I think right now I like the Rams and the Packers as those two wild card teams in the – AFC NFC South. I don't know. I mean, I really at different times this year I've thought different things about all three of those teams. I thought the Falcons were I the best this, team in that division. And I, 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 I think, thought the Saints going in, Falcons as it progressed, and here we are. Well, they're just all the same. <laughs> coming into the year, I thought it was the Saints. Saints have the most yeah. talent. I thought they had the best quarterback. True. After the first four weeks, remember the Bucks were three and one. So I was like, well, maybe the Bucks are for real. True. And then it was yeah, then Baker it flipped back and the the Saints at one point had the division at five and five. Well then the Falcons beat them in New Orleans and you're like, okay, well 
<laughs> I guess it's the Falcons. Well, then the Bucks beat them in Atlanta. So I guess it's back to the Bucks. I, I yeah. really, if I if I had to bet one of those three, I I feel like you leave it up to math, bro. You pick a team and then you have to switch the door and then pick a different team. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, so if that's the logic, then stick with the team from the preseason, which means the Saints. Yeah, true. I'm the Saints. With it comes my original thought, which is the Saints. <laughs> I'll stick with the Saints right now to win it. Um. So moving forward, I mean, any other, I mean, Joe, you think anything different there in terms of those last no, few? I, I mean, I maybe, I don't know the rest of the Seahawks, but I say maybe the, the NFC West pulls in there. So then we get Eagles, Rams, Seahawks. Don't know what mm-hmm. the, I know the Rams got the commanders next week and then the Saints after that. Don't know who else. Uh, Seahawks, probably something similar, I'm assuming. Oh, we did mention that the the Rams had the Niners, so that's going to be tough. But yeah, the Rams they get Washington. Scrambles, they I, they might be able to both get in there. I don't know. Yeah, it it'll be tough. I mean, Seattle basically has to hope if they're going to get in, it's basically them and the Rams getting in because the Rams own that tiebreaker. So they probably would have to hope that they finish as the two best records of the wild card okay. teams, and the Rams get the six seed in the. Seahawks would get the seven seed seven. at that point. The Rams finishing up. They have the Commanders, the Saints, Saints. the Giants, and and the Niners. So, hmm. um, not easy, not hard. Is what I would say. It's kind of a middling last four games yeah. here. But just looking ahead, I mean, Week 15, there is a really massive Saturday slate. There's Saturday we have a triple header. And they're all playoff implication games. You got the Vikings at the Bengals. Yeah. Battle of oh, seven and six not. teams that are trying to make the playoffs yeah. right now. You've got the Steelers at the Colts. Battle of backup Ooh. quarterbacks, seven and six. Again, oh, for playoff wildcard teams. Mm-hmm. One will stay in and one will drop out, basically, based, yeah. on who, based on who wins. You got the Broncos and the Lions at the Lions. Another Huge game. The Lions are spiraling a little bit, but they're back at home. They need a win. Yeah. The Broncos, man, it feels like they can get a win there. They'll that's feel huge. really good moving forward Going about their forward. playoff positioning. Yeah. Um, so that's the Saturday slate. Just the Saturday games. Awesome slate of games. Three yeah. really good ones. Should all be great. Then you look at Sunday and you got the Bucks at the Packers. Battle of six and seven teams in the yeah. in the playoff cunt. You got the Cowboys at the Bills. That's you know, two marquee one. teams, marquee quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, the Bills feel like if they could win that game, man, once again, yeah, we're talking about side. them as a yeah. dangerous play- playoff team. The Cowboys are red hot, though. The difference here, the Cowboys are not at home. Yeah. So we'll see if they can win a road game here. And then <laughs> the Ravens at the Jags. Probably very important, maybe not for who makes the playoffs, but seeding. So – We've got some really, really good games this this week fifteen slate. Yeah, that Broncos and Lions one. We we'll take a peek back at that one looking ahead. But yeah, I mean, out of all those games, I'd say I'm most excited for that one for sure. And then on Saturday, <laughs> and then going into Sunday, I'd probably pick that Cowboys Bills easy. Yeah, that's a yeah. Two um, teams that that have always been in the playoffs in recent times, or like at least make it. Then what happens from there, who knows? But like you said, the quarterbacks, you got Josh Allen and Dak, both looking. I, 
I should say Dak's been looking really good. I I couldn't speak for Josh Allen. I don't watch much of the Bills, but Dak's been crazy. CD, I mean that's how it goes, right? Josh Allen with the Dak. You got Stefan with the uh, CD. It's gonna be a time, bro. So we wanted to do a quick, you know, following up on the, you know, we talked about the seating and where things are at. Quick segment here. Who is this year's 07 Giants? Who's the sleeper team most likely to win the Super Bowl this year? It's been a while since we had a team like that make a run all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We've had a lot of big dogs recently. This year it feels like there's a lot more parity um, in the league. Maybe more chance for a team like that to make a run. So, Jody, um, our criteria is this. They cannot be currently winning their division. And they must okay. be seven or six, seven and six or worse. So, who would be your sleeper Super Bowl contender in the NFC and the AFC? So, for the NFC, I kind of talked about them already. The Packers, like I said, they got Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears going forward. They're at six and seven right now. On the seeding, they're the seventh seed, so they would be in the wild card already. But with the who who are we looking at the Lions? Never mind, they might not they might not ever catch that. But with the Vikings ahead of them at seven and six, I think the Vikings would slip out altogether, mm-hmm. and then they would solidify their spot. Especially since they got to play them eventually, that's just another game where they could get either ahead at least tied, depending on what happens before that. And then for the AFC, I got the Broncos, and I think they could even pull out the division as crazy as that might sound. Mm. So they well, got the only Lions a game back. Week. Yeah, exactly. Eight and five is what the Chiefs are. They're seven and six. So they got the Lions, Pats, Chargers, and Raiders going forward. The Chiefs got the Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers. So similar games, but the Bengals definitely gonna be tougher for them. And the, their tough game would be, I guess, the Lions this week for the Broncos. So if the if the Broncos pulled this one off, and and Chiefs lose to the Bengals, don't know what what else happened for the mm. division games, but they would be tied mm. and the Bron- and they split. So I hadn't considered that. There's, there's a, I had not considered that. The Broncos winning that division after starting one in five, and the Chiefs were probably something like four and two, five and one. Yeah, would be one of the most it had to have to be one of the most improbable division like comebacks in and, recent and sp- NFL history. Speaking of winning the Super Bowl, right? The I think the year they won with Peyton, they started out 0 and 3 as well. And then pulled it off in the end. So Okay. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Um I, in the <laughs> NFC, my team right now would be the Rams. I know, Homer pick, but <laughs> let's listen, hear me out here. They're playing really good football with Kyron Williams running the ball. Cooper Cup looks healthy again. Puka Nakua is unbelievable. I mean, you put all three of those weapons together with Stafford being healthy, the offensive offensive line playing well enough to keep him upright, and then they've got a young defense that's been getting better every week. Um, (coughs) I think you look at it, the Rams, their schedule, we mentioned it, they get two home games versus Washington and New Orleans the next two weeks. They can win those games Saints and get to eight Thursday and seven. Game too. Mm-hmm. You win those games, you can get to eight and seven. 
You got to go on the road at New York, which if you asked three weeks ago, that looks like an easy game. Now it doesn't. Yeah. Ask the Packers. True. That's a tough game. You got to win it though to get to nine and seven. And then your your best bet would be that San Francisco has the one seed locked up going into week 18. So you yeah, go to true. San Francisco and they rest and their rest. Yeah. And if you win out, you'd be 10 and seven. Because I think the path would be that. And then you get the six seed because in the six seed, you get to play the Lions in round one. Now Ooh, that's, that's that's really nice. Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for a playoff yeah. game. That's McVay versus Goff, right? Uh-huh. Stafford versus Detroit. A lot of ties there between those two teams. I mean, that's a storyline everyone wants to see, right? Like that sounds like an no NFL more, rink right there. <laughs> yeah, there's no more like fun playoff game than that would be. And obviously, of the of the teams that you'd want to see, clearly the NFC South, you want that. But like, you're not getting that because yeah. you're not getting the five seed. The five seed is going to go to the Cowboys or the Eagles. You don't want that's the two true. seed because Philly at home or Dallas at home is dang near impossible, or San Francisco at home for that matter. Yeah. That's it's a death sentence. So you really want to play that Detroit team because they don't have the playoff experience. And if it's Stafford at Detroit, I feel great about that. I'd feel better about that than I probably have in most recent memory, like Rams playoff games, honestly. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 your path there is you win that game. Okay, now you're in round two and you're probably getting matched up with San Francisco if they're the one seed realistically because yeah. you're the lowest remaining seed so now you got to go to san francisco and that's a team that you, you know very well yeah you beat them in the nfc championship to make to win the super bowl a couple years ago yeah divisional games the third time that you play weird stuff happens you uh-huh. maybe you get an upset there now all of a sudden you're in the nfc championship and you're playing philly or dallas more than likely to win that game you know i mean some magic yeah. would have to happen at that point but yeah the path, I think, is you get the sixth seed and you play Detroit in round one. Uh-huh. That would be my, my thought on that. For sure. In the AFC right now, I think it's the Bills. Everyone mm-hmm. left them for dead. They've lost a lot Me of included. weird random games this year. And it feels like they've played well in those games. I mean, the game they played at Philly, they played well enough to win. Um, can they true. beat Dallas at home is what this is going to come down to. Because after that, you play at the Chargers. Very winnable. You play oh. versus New England. Gosh, they there can't drop a second game to New England this year. They better win that game. And then at Miami. At Miami is a tougher one. They already beat them at home this year. But, you know, you never know what could happen there. And so Sunday afternoon in the heat. Maybe. I think they got to go at least three and one. Be 10 and seven. And give yeah. yourself, you know, maybe the Jaguars in round one. Um, maybe, maybe even... The Chiefs, and you just proved you can beat them in Arrowhead, or yeah. the hey, the Broncos, as we were talking about. <laughs> um, but I, I do think there's a realistic path where Josh Allen just gets hot and starts throwing flamethrowers in the playoffs, and now you don't want to play them. So those would yeah. be my two, my two picks. I like your two as well. I think those, any one of those four, could play spoiler. That is true. But look into our fantasy. So we missed out on that last week. So spoiler, I beat you last week. And also this week. So your boy took the in-season tournament, if you will. So a little clap it up for me. Give myself a little trophy. (laughs) So that leads us week 15, start of our playoffs, which means it don't matter who's starting because everyone's points. So it's going to be a total of our bench and and our starters. 
So as long as he ain't got no injuries, like, you know, you should be chilling. But I will say the last two weeks, let's see, let's go back three weeks. I have, I would have won if we did it the last three weeks. Let's see, four weeks ago. I also would have won that one. As so, I guess as a whole, my team somehow figured it out. But without Tyreek, now I don't know. I don't know if Tyreek has been my my breadwinner for a long, <laughs> long time. So I need him the ball. Also, though, Evan Ingram, he's going to be a, a huge guy without Christian Kirk. Now he's been balling. This past week, he got thirty two point five. Let's see, your biggest guy on the bench was oh Eckler twenty one. And then Josh okay. Allen right after, a little 20-ish. Brees Hall, I guess, had a day, 26.6. They went crazy. What was it, like 30 to 6 or something? Uh, let's see. For our starters, though, our quarterbacks didn't do all too much. I got 8.8 out of Hurts. You got 13.6 out of Patty. Uh, let's see. Cooper Cup was my, my dude that balled this week, 25.5. You had Saquon at 23.1. Bijan also balled 19.8. And then, yeah, my next dude was Isaiah Likely because Mark Andrews is Dunzo. So 19.3 there. Which, grand totals for our starters, I had 122.5, yet 99.6. So, rounding out 8 and 6 for the boy. You were 6 and 8, obviously. Leading the playoffs. Now it matters. Now it matters, baby. Well, this is the start of. You know, fantasy playoffs. In my other two leagues, yeah, uh, the twelve-team league. It's a six-team playoff. I I made it in, so Lucky, I'm in the winners bro. bracket. I got snubbed. I'm in the winners bracket. I am the sixth seed, though. Yeah, so, see, that would have been me path. too had I made it. Tough path. In the uh, we league I'm in at work, I'm the one seed. So, oh, okay. And it's only a four-team playoff, so just win two and you're you're in. You, you yeah, win. yeah. So you know. Um, I guess I, I've got a shot to win both. The one that's for money, I'm the six seed, so I gotta. Uh-huh. And it's like yeah, one yeah. of those like projections say fifty fifty. Oh, Should be okay, a tight okay. ball game this week, and then it's winner like the, gets the scores is one twenty two point one to like one twenty two. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, winner will play the two seed, and then. You know, winner of that would move on to the championship, obviously. So yeah. you got to win three games to win this thing. And yeah. uh, I feel good. I feel good about it. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think, can carry me to fantasy glory. I just need him to be healthy and play well. But uh, are we ready to uh, to get to awards? Yeah, let's do it, bro. All right. So our awards for week 14, or I'm sorry, week yeah, week 14. Holy smokes, we're in week 14. Wow. <laughs> um, my Tuqua Gamer of the Week award goes to Zach Wilson of the New York Jets. He threw for 311 yards, two touchdowns, and a 30-6 to blowout of the Texans. He was incredible in the second half, and it had to feel good um, yeah, to play definitely. that well after being benched, watching his team struggle even worse without him. In the starting lineup, I mean, he had to watch Tim Boyle start two games. Yeah. It had to feel good. Like, he came back. He's likely playing to have a job somewhere next year, whether it be with the Jets or somebody else. And he played his best football game 
of his career. Like no doubt, Easy. he looked he looked awesome. He was really good. So, um, credit to Zach Wilson. Got to feel good for that kid. And uh, who's your dog of the week, Jody? Oh, well, my Tuka gamer of the week before we ah, get to my sorry. dog. Tuka gamer of the week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Golly, I, I went I went with Evan Ingram. So I talked about him balling in that fantasy update. The dude went 11 for 12. So he had 11 catches, 12 targets, 95 yards, and two tutties. Like I said, without Christian Kirk, someone's got to step up. Obviously, they got Calvin Ridley, but Evan Ingram's been there longer than, than Calvin. So he's got more rapport with our guy, Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, 11 for 12, you only dropped one ball. I, I couldn't tell you what it was, but, hey, that's that's impressive to me. That's a good good day on, on the job, you know what I mean? Catching everything going your way, basically. Can't complain about that. And you're in the end zone twice. <laughs> Putting up points for the boys. But going to the dog of the week. <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing a little curveball at you this week. I, I went okay. with a squad, not just a dude. So I'm going with the Broncos defense. They, they, uh, let's see. What are my notes saying right here? Well, they got six sacks on the day. First off against the Chargers. Four of those were on Herbert before he, he uh, was watching from the sidelines. They forced a fumble. They got a pick. I guess they, they recovered a fumble, I should say. They didn't just force it. But here's the, here's the stat right here, bro. 0-12 on third downs. They were doing real well, keeping them doids. Straight to the sidelines, you know what I mean? They, so they balled out there. And then what what does that have to do? It says, oh, but okay. The Chargers didn't score until there was 10.37 left in the fourth quarter uh, on the clock. So they went a solid, what is that, 50 minutes basically before they scored mm-hmm. any points. So that's impressive. That, that, that's some dogs right there, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's impressive. It's crazy that this is the same defense they gave up 70 earlier this year. 70 it's points? <laughs> it's insane. It's not, yeah. It doesn't feel like real, but that's... No, that's good stuff. Um, I got the minor setback for a major comeback. The Lions, and particularly Jared Goff, struggled on the road in Chicago against the Bears. Goff threw one touchdown, two picks, only had 161 yards passing on the day. They have a tough game at home against the Red Hot Broncos, as we mentioned. Um, But still, I expect Goff to bounce back at home in a game the Lions really need to win to help them maintain their two-game lead in the NFC North. So minor setback, major comeback. Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Seems like, especially going home, like you're in the dome. You can't complain about too much there. You know, yeah. Chicago's cold. They're, they've been hot in recent times with Justin Fields. So them boys should be getting on track for sure. All right. So we got the no cap hats off play of the week. Um, and in this case, it's a little bit of a series. We're going to college football. We love to highlight college football, this, <laughs> this specific award every week. Um, Army Navy, the Commander's Cup. Yeah, right. Um, Navy has first and goal from the seven yard line. Time running out. They throw three three passes from the seven. They complete the one on third down to get it to the two yard line. Fourth and goal from the two. They try to run the quarterback. Army gets the goal line stand, takes the safety to take off the rest of the time. <laughs> Army wins, dude. Seventeen to eleven. Congrats to Army to stop yeah. Navy four straight plays, goal to go from the seven or less. So impressive. Yeah. Um, what what fortitude from from that 
Army defense and uh, smart play at the end, take the safety to run out the clock as you do it. Game over. They win. Yeah. Navy loses. <laughs> big, big stuff from Army. No cap hats off yeah. award this week. Yeah. Army. Well, we'll see that one again later too, for sure. Feel bad for some people. But that leads us to our Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award. And for me this week, I'm going with the Bears. Uh, Braxton Jones, number 70, left Ooh. tackle. Left tackles are, you know, blindside. You gotta, yeah, love watching those dudes. But this guy, yeah, I loved watching him. He's probably one of my favorites I've watched all year. He, his base, he's got a nice base on him. He's always, he's always playing one on one on the outside, which I mean, that's unfortunate. But I mean, I guess that's kind of expected being on that side too. But where are we? Boom, boom, boom. Yep, good in space, as I said. Oh. He reads he reads his blocks well. He yeah, obviously the vision I mention every week with the stunts, but he has it when he was even doing pools, like he's running around, knows which dude to get. They had they had to play. Gets up gets up on the corner, boom, touchdown right behind him. Like Ooh. Beautiful No tackles see. love getting up on corners, bro, on DBs yeah. in general. Yeah. And then he what He's good again the second level as well whenever they're doing combos. But oh okay. And his pass pro, he's he's always standing people up too. He's just stronger than everyone. So like they might get like a step or two on him where he's like pushing back, but then he just stops them right there. Just locked up. Justin Fields either running or chucking it, like pretty things right there. And then his hands, bro. Just good enough to like get him. And then, like I said, where he's holding them. And then I, this one's a little bit of a joke to me. I don't know. He might have hands. He might be able to catch the ball. They were running. They had a weird package where he was like the tight end on the on the right side of the ball. So they would move him over to the other side of the field, run him as a tight end. So I don't know. Maybe he could catch to be continued. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Every offensive lineman stream. Like yeah. Um. All right. On the straight hand side, I've got Hassan Reddick. I know the Eagles lost. I know they got embarrassed on Sunday Night Football. I yeah. don't care. Hassan Reddick had a day. This man had um, three total tackles, two sacks, two TFLs, two quarterback hits against the Cowboys. Um, he was all over the place. He's not been nearly as good as he was last year, but he still has games where he flashes like he did in Dallas. Um, he keeps playing that way. You know, that'll really help Philly because they're really beat up on the back end. They need their pass rush to show up to help them down the stretch. You can beat their secondary. So um, they really need that pass rush to be what it is. And Hassan Reddick, he showed up Sunday. He needs the rest of the guys to come with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We got the Who's Cooking Award. (laughs) I got a typo uh, on mine, but (laughs) I'm going to just say, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm rolling with Lamar Jackson this week. You kind of touched on it earlier. Obviously, the Rams lost, sadly, in OT. But Lamar Jackson, bro, he went 24 for 43, 316 with three tutties. He threw a pick. Then he had 11 rushes for 70 yards. I wanted to go with Matt Stafford on this one, if I'm being honest. But as I was watching the game, it was just like Lamar was just doing things way better. Lamar made the the place to win. Exactly. The mobility aspect, too, just... Uh, another level to the game, obviously. Matt Stafford was taking more sacks, so it was like, it's a tough situation right there. So I, I ended up getting flipped on this one to Lamar. Obviously, he had good plays throwing the ball, 
and then doing it with your legs just makes you so much better. So Lamar this week versus the Rams. I like it. Great choice. Um, I'm going with Will Levis on Monday Night Football. I wanted him, but you had him. Yeah, I come back went over the dog. I wanted him for the dog, actually, if I'm being honest. He threw for 327 yards and a touchdown, but that's not the most impressive part. Early on, rookie throws a pick six from inside his own 10 on the road, right? You're down 7-0. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Kid, it didn't phase him. He was slinging it. He's down 13 points in the fourth quarter. Didn't phase – or 14 points, I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter. Didn't phase him, slinging it. Um, yeah. Came all the way back, and a huge road win for the Titans. Really yeah. hurt the Dolphins in terms of trying to get that one seed. The Titans probably aren't making the playoffs, but, man, this is the kind of win that makes you say, okay, Will Levis is our guy moving forward. Um, yeah. So huge for him. Huge for that Titans franchise, even if it does not help them make the playoffs this year, that just to help them understand and have clarity of who their guy is going forward. And I think it has to be Will Levis at this point. So yeah, um, he was cooking, and uh, I think the Titans hope he's probably cooking for him for a long time. True. I would say that's another testament to Vrabel, too. Just can never count them out. That dude's just a monster with the defense, too. So all around just grit from them, boys. But this kicks off our Boo Boo Evans Award. Now, this guy's making a comeback on this one. But this is all because the way this played out. We we touched on it earlier. Obviously, he was lined up offside. I'm going Kadarius Tony for one. Now, I really just wanted to talk about the play more so than even talk about him being here. So how would you feel about the call? It's the right call. Yeah, I agreed. And... The, like you could, you can't even see the ball from the side angle. One, two, he when he checks with the ref, he literally just goes like routine, just like hey, what's up, and then looks away. And I'm pretty sure he takes an extra step forward after he checks, which is crazy. Yes, no, I mean that's all on Kadarius Tony. Patrick Mahomes just can't actually be mad at Kadarius Tony. Yeah, so he's finding someone else to be mad at. To be honest with you. Because there's no way he's actually that mad at the referee. Like, that's on Kadarius Tony, bro. That's a routine. High school kids do that. They understand, look, and check. Oh, I yeah. middle school, we have to teach the junior high kids how to do that. And they do it. <laughs> like, come on, dude. This is routine. This is junior high stuff. You check yeah. with the ref. You make sure you're on. If he tells you to back up, you back up. You don't just, like, look and then line. Your, I mean, come on, dude. That's yeah. on Kadarius Tony. And that's why it's unacceptable. It's the yeah. kind of thing that, like, realistically could and should get a player cut. Like I that's I wouldn't stand for that if I was Andy <laughs> Reid. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wouldn't. Especially when it costs you the play that it was. But just in yeah. general, that's just a bad mental mistake. Like even if it wasn't a big play, even if it just been routine and he was off sides and it took you any kind of yards off the board and you got to go back five yards, that's stupid. Yeah. That's a very easily controlled thing. Look at the ref, make sure you're on sides. That's it. And dude, yeah, if you didn't look, then it's not the referee's job to track you down and tell you you're offside. That, yeah. They don't do that and with he, defenders. He's not going to hear you anyway. They don't do that if with you, defensive says, ends. End 19, up in the neutral he's zone. not going to hear you. They're loud as hell. You know what I mean? No, no. And that and that's why, like Mahomes, dude, you'd be mad if a referee was yelling at a defensive end. He was in the neutral zone and told yeah. him to back up. Hey, back right? up. Like, that's not how it works. And no, that. So <laughs> Kadarius Tony completely deserves. It's one thing to drop a pass or run the wrong route. Like he's done yeah. some of that stuff. Those are like, okay, in the heat of a game, 
ah, tough. I feel bad for you. I don't feel mm. bad for you lining up offsides and then being upset about it. No. Yeah. No, yeah. And on, on the other flip side, too, why didn't he look down at the ball and be like, oh, that thing looks like it's behind me, you know? Like, there's no way. There's no way. It's just a wild, wild turn of events. Obviously, the play, that also could have been no cap hats off because it was so unbelievable, and it doesn't even exist because he lined up offside. So, yeah, Katarius Tony back with the award, Boo Boo Evans. Just the mental mistakes on that play, especially, just ultimately cost him. Cost him the game, literally. Um, Kadarius Tony not standing on business, but that's the segue <laughs> to this award because we're talking about the best favorite who actually covered this week, and it was only five and a half point favorite. That's the Saints. That was the highest. Yeah cover this week five and a half point favorites they won by a final score of 28 to 6 they did cover the spread by a mile um yeah like i said a lot of underdogs won or covered this week um Mm -hmm. so we didn't have many folks to choose from but the saints they stood on business Derek carr maybe not great but he got another win good for him (laughs) i was gonna say whatever the flip side is that would be the titans right there because they 13 and a half to the dolphins Mm -hmm. and they won like yeah yeah, huge yeah. win for them. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Titans, we're going to Ooh, on the, the turnover, turnover on downs. downs segment. Yep. And my first down trend is uh, we're talking about going for two down eight in the fourth quarter. Ooh, Here we go. Okay. So I don't know how many of you who listen to us are familiar with um, Seth Walder, but He's a, he's an, he's a writer for ESPN. I think he does a really good job. A lot of times writing about analytics stuff, right? Okay. Um, and he's written about this trend. So if you want to, he'll explain it much better than I, a little rub route. but if you want to look at, you know, what he says about the data in terms of going for two down eight in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So most teams, right. They go for one here. They're down seven. Then when they score the touchdown, Sometimes teams will consider going for two at that moment to win the game there. Yeah. Or they just kick and they go to they do the tie and they go go to OT, right? Yeah. Well, he said that if you look at the statistical analysis, you give yourself a much higher chance of winning games if you go for two on the first one. And essentially the synopsis of it is this. If you go for two and you don't get it, now you're down eight and you know you have to go for you two need on to the go next for two one. Anyways. Yeah. Yes, and you can still tie it. But if you go for two and you get it on the now first one now, on the second one, you just get to kick. So instead of like I go for one and then I go for two on the next one, like if you would consider going for two to win the game, basically the argument is go for two on the first one. That way if you don't get it, you have a little bit of a you know a cushion because like, you okay, could go for two on the work, next one and, and get it that time. It. Yes. Yeah. Versus if you get it on the first one, now you know I just have to kick an extra point to win the game later Uh so now the trend within that trend right so that's become a bigger deal teams going for it but now the trend within that trend is teams love to run sprint out pick routes on the goal line everybody loves doing it it's a staple in basically every offense nowadays whether you go to high school nfl or college games right so you'll see it Mm -hmm. here all the titans are going to do it's only a one-man route really deandre hopkins clearly the titans number one threat he's going to run 
at the inside defender, right? Nose there in man, runs at that inside defender, and then just basically tries to take him with him to the back of the end zone. Meanwhile, you're going to get an inside release from the slot receiver. He's going to inside release hard, but then cut back underneath DeAndre Hopkins. And if the Dolphins defenders don't communicate that rub route well, it's going to be impossible to cover. Meanwhile, Will Levis is sprinting to that throw to make it a shorter throw, and then he can put it on a line to the pylon, to the front pylon here, right? So here you go. You could even possibly run that in depending how they play it. Yep. And and here you can see the rub works perfectly. Yeah. Takes both both guys, D-hop, leaves their receiver wide open. Will Levis has an easy throw, and now – What's great about this for the Titans, this was their first touchdown. They're down 13-27. They score right here. That makes it 27-21. So then when they go score at the end of the game and they kick the extra point, it's for the win, not the tie. Yeah. And so now they win the game 28-27 as a 13.5 point dog. Impressive Mm -hmm. stuff from the Titans. And I like that I could give you a, a trend within a trend. Yeah, that was dope. I mean, it definitely cut... Sorry, definitely a clutch play for them. So that's yeah. the show we can lock that in for them. And the the Ravens also went for two as well when they when they doing that to to I think tie it up. Theirs was a must. Or... Theirs was a must go for two to mm. tie, or no, to go up by three. The three that was their deal. Yeah. If they kicked the extra point, they would have been up two. So two, field goal no, beats them. The win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting the the two there made it so that the field goal didn't beat them. It tied it, and that ultimately that's probably what won the Ravens the game. Is on the series prior, the Rams did not get their two point conversion to uh, to possibly go up seven, I believe is what it was. Uh-huh. And instead, they go they're up five. Then when the Ravens come back and score, they get their mm-hmm. two point conversion. Yeah. Okay. To put them up three. So that's really where the game was won was one team didn't get their two points, the other team did, and then that sets up the overtime when the Ravens can win on the punt return. Yeah, gotcha. So second down, we got the bet for next week from me. The four I'm looking at this week, I got the Bengals minus three versus the Vikings. Bengals have been red hot. Vikings, like they're on their third quarterback, and their last one wasn't even there until like a month ago. We got the Broncos plus four and a half versus the Lions. Let's see. I got Bears and Browns. I like the over 38 and a half. Joe Flacco's been scoring a lot of points. Bears have been scoring a lot of points. That one makes sense to me. And then Jets eight and a half versus the Dolphins. Jets have just been playing spoiler in that division altogether. Since the, since the beginning of time. When that Week one with Zach Wilson coming in. They beat the Bills, you know, so it's like they've been they've been doing things here and there. But the, my ultimate answer, I'm going Bengals minus three. But Ooh. I also do like that Broncos plus four and a half as well. So pick your pick your poison on those two. I would say even the Bears Browns over is a nice one. But the the Bengals minus three is my my final answer right here for the boys. I like that. Based on the Vikings, how their defense is played. I, yeah. I'm with you on the Broncos, though. Four and a half. They're getting too many points the yeah. way they're playing right now and the way the Lions are playing. Um, I'm with you on that. Going next, we got the third down breakdown. I'm going to take you guys back to uh, Atlanta from this past weekend. We're going to look at the Bucks and Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin, what they were able to do on a critical third and ten. 
they, you know, this is late in the game. They're losing and they need this third down. This led to an eventual score, which won them the game. So this was okay. like the play, right? So it's third and 10. They're on the, uh, the Atlanta 48 yard line going in. They designed a nice little route concept here. They're going to run vertical routes on the outside. You're going to get two man from the defense. Yeah. So they're manned up here. The guy in the gap on the line of scrimmage over here actually has the back and the defender mm. showing out here is actually going to blitz. So that's their four man pressure. They're just okay. overloading one side. Then they're playing man, man, man. And then you've got two high safeties with the Madden style um, deep shell here, right? So I will the say, Bucks I like are the gonna... circles you added on the on the on the yeah, graphic. You like too. that? Yeah. The 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 Bucks are uh they're gonna run vertical routes, basically clear routes on the outside. Um they're gonna chip the extra rusher here with their tight end first, and then he's gonna release to the flat. Really what they're setting up is a one on one with Chris Goblin. But again, there's a safety over the top. It's two men. So it's a two on one. He's gotta beat both guys, the man coverage player and the zone safety sitting in the at depth they're hoping that the outside receiver clears him out so that he's trying to play on top of that one but it yeah. doesn't and you'll see what happens on the route concept as he runs a uh, a post corner here we go godwin's initial release is great because he gets inside he leverage right now he's got the defender on his back he has him wherever he wants him now this safety mm. He feels Chris Godwin is winning this release. He's yeah. thinking, oh man, if they throw the dig right now, it's a first down. So he's trying to come up and make a heady play here to cover for the guy getting beat. Instead, as he comes up, Godwin keeps getting up the field. Now he can run the fake inside re release, right? Looks like the yeah. post or the dig. Releases it back outside of the corner. Now I'm going to tell you. The DB here playing him in man coverage does a great job converting and getting back underneath, and yeah, he makes this throw really hard. However, Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin have great chemistry here. You'll see it from this angle. Baker releases this ball when Godwin is actually still breaking in, right? And yeah. he's just starting his breakout, and that ball is released. So where May Mayfield puts it, look at this thing. Puts it right where Godwin can can get it, even though Out there's a safety the defender inside. too. Yep, right over Larry's it right over the man coverage player. Godwin breaks the initial tackle, gets him all the way inside the 15 yard line, sets him up. They eventually score on that drive to go win the game. Great stuff from Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin. I yeah, mean, that was a nice ball. The route the route concept from Godwin to beat essentially two defenders was unreal. And then the ball placement by Baker, Baker Mayfield with the anticipation, the understanding of where Godwin was going to be, the trust, and to put that ball just right up here, layered over the defender. I mean, that was unreal stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you watch with Baker, where yeah. like for years I've convinced myself he's a good starting <laughs> quarterback, but he does so many bad things that you're like, ah, he can't be. And then he'll make that play where you're like, why can't yeah. this guy be the guy? Why can't he be? Because that throw is elite. Yeah, that, that's a nice spot on the ball for sure. And it was a nice little spiral out of reach of the defender. But closing out our turnover on downs, fourth down is going to be my bad beat. So you talked about it with that Army-Navy game. 
the over under in that game was 27 and a half after getting the the safety on him that puts him at 28 so depending on which side of the coin you were on that was probably a bad beat especially if you didn't think they were scoring points like that oh so, man like i know yeah. people who were excited because i hit for them but then on the other side it's like you were you, you were chilling all game and then they just run out of bounds you know what I mean? <laughs> there had to have been somebody who had the under and was like, oh my gosh, Army got the stop. Let's go. It's going to hit. The bet's going to hit. And yeah. then the next play, watching Army take the safety to lose the bet had to be absolutely demoralizing. <laughs> and that's why I'm not, I'm not a gambler. We've talked about this yeah. before in this podcast. I don't gamble just because I don't feel like I have the financial capital. I don't really believe in it. Yeah, whatever. You know, I enjoy yeah. talking about it, but I don't gamble. But yeah. if even if I did, I would never bet over unders. It feels like it does not matter how good or bad that like anything could happen. It could yeah. be a blowout or not. Like, golly, mm-hmm. can you believe that? That that's <laughs> what breaks you is the guy taking a safety at the end of a game. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. No, that's the worst part too. Like, especially like some games are blowouts. They don't even it's like say it's like forty and the score was thirty three to six, like the other team needed to kick a field goal. I don't know. Get their extra point. Who knows? And that's yeah. the worst. I can, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, so we got to close it out with the banger of the week. Yes, sir. You know, what do you got for us this week? It's the holiday season. And uh, course, in the spirit course. of the holidays, I wanted to reference a classic. Um, uh-huh. I was reminded of this by our football players. Oh, the week of our playoff I game. Work. Yeah, the week of our playoff game, they uh, they were in the weight room and they requested uh-huh. this song. And mind you, we are more than a month out from Christmas at yeah, that I just point. Said, well, this isn't even Thanksgiving yet. No, yeah, we were a week before Thanksgiving and they yeah. requested this song. So I was reminded of it and I told myself when we got closer to Christmas, this would be one yeah. of my bangers of the week just because it is. It's so good still. It really uh-huh. is. Uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, perfect seasonal banger. You know, yeah. I mean, she definitely. she kills it. Probably her best song ever. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, There's no, just no, one thing I need. <laughs> yeah, no, you you nailed it, dude. Karaoke, Jody. I need I to add that to your like title that. card you know every you know week. It's... <laughs> Karaoke king, bro. <laughs> the crazy part is, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even a fan of Christmas music like that. Honestly, it's just She's one good. of the ones you hear all the time. You know what I mean? She's good. I gotta, I gotta give credit where credit's due. And uh, speaking of good, we gotta Ooh, let our guy Ray Ray take us out. Taking it out, G.
kill a hundred people, they subdue them. Freedom. I'ma raise my hand, my fist in the air, I stand my ground like freedom. You can't kill my soul, my brother on the floor can't breathe, let him go like freedom. My brother and sister fighting to be alive, every day we scream my freedom. I run a cow, one knee, mean two different things, we just want to be free. Uh, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say, it don't matter cause you black. You already guilty as a matter of fact. the community in peril got us all thinking like crabs in a barrel war going on but we fighting on each other we cannot afford to be killing all our brothers we gonna need every single soldier in this battle about to go left let me tell you why i have to really it's a trip this is what i gotta do so i'ma say it one time and i'm saying it for you this is for the people looking at me so confused wonder why i say and i act the way i do why you saying we why you talking like he black why you talking like he know the struggle this and that I hear it all, so I'm finally addressing. I'm white and I'm black. This is my confession. Hey, I gotta waste time answering that question. Fists in the air, represent God's blessing. Freedom! I don't want a lot for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs>